This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Carolina Giraldo, the founder of Carolina Lifestyle. When COVID hit, Carolina's nine brick and mortar stores really felt the impact, with sales grinding to a halt. But some canny decisions allowed her to flip her business model and save her brand. Now, nearly two years into the pandemic, the business continues to grow, and Carolina joins us today to share some of her journey. And she explains how she was able to use social media to save her business. Hi, Carolina. So nice to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Now, Carolina, I would like to take a step back in time to a couple of years ago when COVID hit Australia. Your business was going gangbusters. You had a number of brick and mortar stores around the country. But like a lot of business owners, COVID happened. Everything ground to a halt. Terrifying moment for you, I imagine, because You've got all these brick and mortar stores you've got to pay for with their overheads, all your staff, you've got to kind of put the money in their wallets to keep the roofs over their heads as well. You're pregnant. It must have been so stressful. What was going through your mind and what did you do to bring the business around? So basically, yes. I mean, when you talk about that, all these uh, memories come to me and thank God we can look back now and look at you know, all the resilience that we had back then, but it was a very, very scary moment. Literally, when the pandemic first hit, was having like a tap of water. Imagine that, that is running nicely, and all of a sudden, everything stops, and you don't know how to fix it. But all you know is that the responsibilities are there, and exactly like you mentioned it, you know, we have the stores that were doing really well. We had employees. Um, we also own our own factory, in Colombia, in South America. So we have the responsibility there for our employees there as well. So it was just, you know, lots of lots of things that were had such a significant, such a big importance for the business. And we didn't know what to do because all of a sudden sales stopped completely. And I remember the day um, when the pandemic was declared, I was doing a photo shoot that day and I decided to have a look at the sales. It was probably a long lunchtime and we have made three sales in a whole day oh across all the stores and online. My heart sank and I was eight months pregnant at a time, eight, eight, seven, eight. Yeah, it was like literally the, the last trimester of the pregnancy. And I remember just shaking the laptop and thinking, oh my God, is this real? No, something must be going wrong. <laughs> and only that I, because I only knew that that was the beginning of a whole new cycle in our lives and in the business. So that was a very, very scary moment. And um, look, that initial week was panic. I called people. Uh, people also called me. We were all trying to guess what was going to happen. And then literally what we did was we um, got together our management team and we thought, okay, 
So what are we going to do? This is completely new. Let's work as a team. Be, you know, each other's help as much as we can be. I remember, you know, having phone calls with my general manager at 2 a.m. Because I just couldn't sleep thinking what's going to happen tomorrow. And um, she was absolutely amazing. We worked through every single day. And what was very challenging as well was that every day was a different day. And the situation was changing so quickly that it was affecting how the customers were behaving as well. So we have to kind of like listen and react really, really quickly. And that's when we made a list of things like, okay, so... Um, the stores are going to be closed. How are we going to serve our customers online? And then online, um, I've been doing, I've been in business for about 10 years and I have started to pay proper attention to our online presence probably like five or six years ago. And when I said proper attention means like, you know, uh, it's very, you, we, you can have a website, but you really have to spend the time fixing it. And it's never going to be perfect. And as a small business owner, you're always going to have something on your to-do list. But I think that, you know, five, six years ago, I started to pay attention to it. And I also, at the same time that I did that, I started to do advertising with social media. And as you know, there is an algorithm that... Uh, trains over time and I've been working with that since then five six years ago and one thing that I have done that really paid off right when we have to to switch everything to online was the fact that for the past five to six years we have always reinvested um, and we have increased our spend into social media advertising so when um, everything the stores were closing, then suddenly the world of online was opening for us. And in somehow I had, it wasn't, it wasn't as perfect, but I had good basis to start with and changing and shifting the business to online. And obviously take the next challenge, challenge that was all the growth that we had in the last 24 months for, for our online operation. As you mentioned, you put a lot of focus on social. I, I heard that Instagram was really beneficial for the business and was really something that helped you grow over the last two years. Can you talk a little bit about that? What you used? Like, did you do a lot of Instagram lives? Did you do reels? Like, what elements of Instagram did you find works best for your business? Correct. So Instagram basically went from being like an, a tool that we had in the business to being one of like the most Instagram and, and Facebook, the most important uh, tool that we had then because it was a way of communicating all those changes. So, you know, let's start with the stores. Um, this store is closing, but then this one is opening. So to communicate with customers. And then also um, we started initiatives of we have something called Wardrobe Wednesday and we will announce it on Instagram. And because people were on their phones, they the reaction was quicker than when you sent an email and things like that. And I also found that putting my face, so putting my face to the business and through Instagram, um, I started doing videos. Like I started because as you can imagine, I have an accent. So I started with little videos and letting people know like, hey, you know, this is a small business that is called Carolina because it's actually a Carolina behind this business that connects all the points for the business to happen. And I started, show, I started to show them 
a little bit more about the business, you know, the behind the scenes, uh, how we make our fabric, like how we make our uh, clothing, who makes it, uh, how we operate at the office. Just it became an essential platform to show the behind the scenes of the business and give customer a better understanding of our operation and obviously why we are different. What was the response? How did people respond? Finally being able to put a face to the brand. It was fantastic because then I was always very shy of putting my face to the business. But then once I saw that they like it and they really enjoy it and they had the connection and that's, you know, that's crucial these days. You have to connect with your customers. You're working for them. So if you connect, there is a two-way relationship. And I think that that's where the magic happens. And for me, um, I remember this video that um, with one of the first things that we had to change is we started the year, so the, the 2020, selling um you know, tops that were suitable for work. And normally, you know, through the years, that was our main category then. And all of a sudden, everyone had to be home and they were looking for something completely different. They were looking for loungewear. And I remember coming up within record time with this loungewear range and we launched, it was record, you know, from the moment we did finalized designs to the moment it went into production to the moment it literally landed online and then it just went crazy and I did a video saying thank you to the customers you know because thanks to them we were still there and you know you have to remember that every month it was that's like having a little cloud what's gonna happen next month and what next so I made this video saying thank you and the reaction was absolutely phenomenal and then I knew that the future of the business was literally based on that connection with the customer. Um, and another thing that we have that really played in our favor during the last 22 months is the fact that our customer return rate is pretty high. So they're loyal customers. They love what we do and they understand where we exist. And that was fantastic because they were supporting us. I remember literally just before I went to the hospital, reading messages about, uh, reading messages from customers saying how much the business has changed and adapted so quickly and how much they're loving that. They were loving that at the time. So, um, yeah. And then once that happened, then we started doing uh, more influencer uh, marketing. And that is a whole different, yeah, influencer through Instagram uh, was also fantastic. But, you know, there is there are certain guide, guidelines that you have to follow to make sure that it works. And you have to find the right person for your brand, don't you? It's really important that the values align. Correct, correct. So it's about, you know, it's about finding the right ambassador, not about, it's about finding the right people that will really endorse the brand and not having, you know, hundreds of people that are going to talk about it. Because if they're not talking to the right audience, literally, it's like paid on or unpaid is throwing money down the drain because it won't work. So we we fine-tuned our strategy and um as I said we managed to get um our, our, our we managed to talk to influencers paid and unpaid especially through the pandemic through through the uh, 
pandemic and lockdown days that were instrumental for the Instagram success that we had because they were genuine. They they understood what we were do, that, that you know that understood us as a brand, and um and you know customers are very savvy these days. They know when they when when an influencer is talking, they know you know how genuine they are, and that's it. You have to be genuine even with the influencers that you deal with. Yeah, it's got to be authentic, otherwise they do see through it. So you gained all these new followers. There's loads more interest in the brand. You've got lots of loyal customers. There's a big growth spurt. How do you manage that? <laughs> because growth also means scaling, doesn't it? And and oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and also scaling your business at a time when things like logistics and deliveries are just an absolute nightmare because of everybody's trying to sell through online and get their stuff out. How how did you handle all of that? What and what tips can you give for business owners that are facing? that same challenge at the moment look uh, that is you know uh, if i if i can only have a magic for that one because scaling was really 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 tough especially because we had limited when you run a business a small business obviously you're used to having limited resources but on top of that you throw in pandemic conditions you know so for us was about making a plan literally and review it week by week and try to adjust that plan to to deliver as much as we could to customers expectations there were a lot of things that you know, didn't go to plan and, and, and they were other ones that worked quite well. One of the things that really, really helped us was getting people. So as soon as we started to see a spike in sales, we started to hire more people and the factory and then we had a few weeks to train them in between each spike spike of sales, if you know what I mean. So that helped. Another thing that really, really helped and I was blessed with that one is we made our management team in Colombia stronger. So um, I think that talent, especially at that high level, we had an excellent operation manager and then she knew exactly what her her objective um, was at that point in time. Hands have also, you know, another of my big, big tips is have hands-on people in your team uh, people in your team your team members need to be hands on because when the situation changes so quickly you are relying on them to make changes and make decisions as they go that will benefit the business of course so you know that's probably some of my top tips for that one with the logistics is still hard to predict and it changes. So try to keep everyone informed as you go of what is happening. So it's all about managing expectations. Mm. And you have the added challenge, your factories in Colombia, your artisans that are making your your things are in Colombia and your factory, then you've got to get them from Colombia to Australia. That must be an additional challenge. Correct. Yes. Oh, my God. And I remember a week in which all the exports from Colombia were restricted because Colombia became a big, big producer of PPE. But then the government didn't want 
kind of like stopped all the logistic side of things for a week because they were very careful of what you were allowed to export. And then you're also entering into the politics of a different country. We had two massive strikes in Colombia that basically stopped the country. But it happened twice in three months. I have my factory in a city called Manizales, which is where I grew up. Just right in the middle of Colombia, but my raw materials come from all over Colombia. So it is a lot of parts to, um, it is a lot of moving parts that have to happen at the right time uh, for the operation to happen. So that was very challenging because, you know, every day was like waiting for something to move. And, but anyway, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I think that that's what happened with the pandemic. <laughs> For us, it was like, when I look at it now, I'm like, we're having a, like, I look at it now and I'm like, okay, we're not having the best day. Okay. Nothing compares to last year. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, you know, it helps you to, helps you to see the, the glass half full and, and to move forward. And, and another thing, you know, uh, it keeps, I keep reminding myself and the team of how far we have come together. I think that that's another of the biggest, biggest lessons. We, I just came back from Colombia uh, a week ago and, you know, I was talking to the team there and I was saying, look, 10 years ago, I used to go around Australia sailing our range to independent boutique stores and the business has changed so much and we adapted so well that now I'm doing a live, an Instagram live from our factory in Colombia. You know, and we will know from that how well the collection is going to do. So it's completely different the way we're doing business now, but I totally love it. And I think that we have learned a lot and we just keep learning. For example, uh, now we learned that Reels is the next <laughs> the next thing to go. So um, to go crazy. So we have to adapt. And then now it's all about Reels on Instagram. And yeah, it's, it's very important for us to keep up to date with those changes so we don't get left behind. Yeah, that is one of the tricky and most challenging things I think that business owners face is keeping up with all of the different trends on not just within their category of business, but within, you know, what social network, what they should be doing on their social networks, what actual social networks should they be on? Because I think it's different really depending on what kind of business you're in, you know, like some stuff works better on Insta, some's great on Facebook. If you're professional services, you know, like you should be all over LinkedIn. I think it's just super challenging for business owners. So, hats off to you for doing it so well that you've developed this great following and you've got all this business coming your way and that you're using the insights that you get from your community to help you move forward with your new lines like it's great congratulations thank you very much thank you yeah as you know the, the way you put it is exactly like that is like having a to-do list that never ends because once you finish, like, once you see the light, then it's like, oh, it's something else, you know. Um, but I think that understanding what which channels your customers use and where are your customers hanging out, that is exactly what will give you, as a business owner, will give you the insight in um, where you should put your biggest effort. Because at the end of the day, you know, a day has 24 hours 
we have to spend time with the family is, you know, as much as I absolutely love coming to work, there are all aspects of our life that have to be in balance and, or, you know, not in, yeah, in balance to, um, to perform where, well as business owners. And I think that understanding where to focus and, and what is the priority. And I operate a lot like that, you know, like a million things to do, but because of the limited resources, limited time, what is the priority right now? What do we need to focus in the medium um, to long term? What are our next priorities? And that's the thing that I think is a good way of uh, moving things along. And what about in your downtime? What do you do to make sure that you've got mental health and well-being top of mind and that you're keeping yourself healthy (laughs) look one word family and I mean as you can imagine I have two beautiful kids Sebastian is four and a half and Camila is almost two and family for us my husband um he also runs a small business um his name is Jamie and for us is time with the kids. You know, there's some weekends in which literally we don't leave the house and we just play with the kids and literally have downtime with them, enjoy their company and um, being with, you know, in those occasions that um, you see your friends have quality because of, we have such a busy lives at the moment making sure that when we see friends and family I just I managed to see my family overseas we make the most of those times and I think that that's probably another beautiful lesson of the pandemic um, it made us slow down and it made us realize it, that family time is very very important quality family time every time that we were in lockdown I you know I kept reminding myself yes Things are really unpredictable and it's like a roller coaster of emotions. But we having all, the, all this nice time with the kids that under normal circumstances we would not be able to have. Back to the business, what is next for your brand? Seems like world domination is not that far away, judging from how well you're going. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, look, next for the brand is... Oh, we still, I mean, we, we talk about the pandemic and we talk about COVID, but the reality is that it is still here and we are still adapting and reacting. We we had a good end of last year, but um, if you are in retail, you have suffered through January. So we basically um, at the moment are taking each week as it comes and you know, working really, really hard on good product, good product that we know that our customers love because that is the core of the business. We know that it is in the pipeline as well to have a couple of more interstate locations. We have a big following in Queensland and they, you know, they've been amazing, super loyal. And I think that we need a store there to complement our online presence because I think that is, you know, the two of them together that work really nicely, that omni-channel where you have your social media, you have the store and you have your the bricks and mortar store and as well as your online store, all of them working together, talking the same language. I think that... Um, couple of more locations, it would be fantastic. And at the moment, we're working really hard in sorting out our capacity. (laughs) 
<laughs> because that is a, like a never ending it's a never ending <laughs> process and and i just came back from working at the factory and i think that um within the next month we can start we're going to be able to see some of the changes that we made in our capacity um there will be reflected at the stores here and i'm really looking forward to see that one rolling out Probably selling internationally is a big dream of mine, and we will start doing that online as well, especially playing the fact that our friends in the Northern Hemisphere are going into their summer. And where do your ideas come from for your new lines? What's your predominant inspiration, do you think? Everything that surrounds me. It could be a pretty dress that my daughter is wearing or could be like hanging out with my mom and listening to her about what type of clothes she likes to wear and, and why and the why. Um, going to the supermarket, for example, and, and looking at... Um, looking at people wearing Carolina and, you know, looking at them, how they're wearing it. So it makes me thinking, gets me thinking, okay, what else can I offer that will work with what they already have? Um, a lot of, inspir- a lot of inspiration, uh, obviously from South America, from back to where I am from, I think, you know, the color, the passion, the, you know, it's just, it's, it's a cultural thing as well. And I think that that played a lot on um on our strategy that we're embracing uh you know the origins of the brand and um e- even though it is an Australian brand we have a massive link to South America half of the company is there and and I am or- originally from South America as well so I get a lot of inspiration from that as well the team my team is fantastic with their ideas as well so yeah every, every you know you see someone walking you see someone doing something uh and then suddenly becomes an idea and an idea becomes a beautiful design and was that always the plan was were you always planning to go into business for yourself or to work in the design field or has it kind of just evolved organically Always, 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 since I was a little kid, I think that is, is very, this is a very interesting question because since I was, I was the kid that always had something to sell at school, you name it, cookies, brownies, chicken sandwiches, um, lollies, accessories, like always. And then as, you know, as we grew older, I was the party organizer, I would do the the um the formal and I will do every single event and I will charge them a cut. <laughs> I remember showing uh, my <laughs> budgets to my <laughs> classmates. They like, I'm gonna put it together and I'm charging you twenty percent for putting it all together. So I was oh I always had a business mind growing up. Um, my dad knew that from you know from the get go. I come from a family, very conservative family. They're all doctors and lawyers. And I, <laughs> my mind was somewhere else. But I think that my dad was fantastic recognizing that and giving me the tools to literally succeed. And to another quick example, my family back in Colombia, they run a charity to help people con- kids with cardiovascular disease problems and they were looking for someone to sell their Christmas cards and then back then no one used to talk about networking and my dad pretty much told me what it was networking when I was as a 16 year old he said 
five people here. You're going to go and sell the cards to them, and you're going to ask to each of them to refer you to five other people. Within a matter of six weeks, I sold 15,000 cards. It was crazy, and I will just walk and I will just walk in and out of all these CEOs' um, offices with orders. And my dad said to me, whatever you sell, I will match the commission, just to give me like the extra incentive. And that works really, really well. And I have put that in practice for the rest of my life. When I was a little kid, I also, I think that it was in year, I don't know, I don't remember the year, but I did this newspaper in which it was the main thing was to say, how do you see yourself in 20 years from now? I think that I was 10. And I literally described, my mom has the newspaper. I literally described what I have now, a factory, like people working with me. I, I don't I, I don't talk about doing cloth, uh, clothing, but it was always in me to have a business, to help people through the business. and And yeah, just to literally fulfill my dreams that way. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, not many people have that kind of um, business now from such a young age. It just is fantastic that you've had it and you followed through and, and that you had your dream and now you've got it. <laughs> so it's fantastic. Yeah, and, it, and it was one of the things like in Colombia is it's quite hard. And, and I'm not saying here is not hard, but what I saw in Australia, so I moved to Australia when I was, 20, literally 20 years ago. I'm almost 40 now. And I went to university here. I went to UTS. And one of the things that I, it caught my attention was here, people want you, that, that was my impression and it still is, people want you to do well, you know, and they want to, that, that supporting attitude was fantastic. Um, so, you know, and I, I, I did a business degree that was very, very practical here and I love that because you know I saw the opportunity and I thought mm, if I if I have a business here it will I, I also believe that if you put hard work passion and you do what you love it will work and I think that that happened here and I was in a land where I think that is a lot of opportunities yeah I think you also nailed it about your passion and purpose when those things align when you know your why why you're doing what you do what you want to get out of it, it can really help you succeed. Correct, because you have a north. The moment you answer that question for yourself, then you know where where are you moving towards what, and then everything else happens for because you you have that north really, really, really clear, and that changes everything. And and you know, um, is and also discover, and I think that is so important for our kids. Um, one of the things that I'm the most grateful in my life is that I get up to do something that I absolutely love. And yes, don't get me wrong. There's some really difficult days. It's like, you know, in a, when you're in a relationship, not every single day is perfect. The same thing happens in a business. Not every day is perfect. But as long as you have better days, that like good better days than bad days, then that's when the magic happens. And I think that is something that I wish for my kids, for them to understand what they really love to do. Because if you love to do something, then, you know, it will come naturally to you and life is very, very enjoyable that way. Thank you so much for chatting to me today, Carolina. It's been lovely having you on the show. 
good luck with the business and hope 2022 is a fantastic year for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And yeah, let's hope that 2022 is a fantastic year for all your listeners and for everyone that is, you know, running a business at this, you know, unique point in time. <laughs>